Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Good afternoon, Kim. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I am excited again. I mean, this is this is another podcast that you have special guests on, and I'm just I'm really excited to to get to meet them. Oh yes, we're going to have some more fun, and I'm going to introduce the other two wonderful folks who have joined Horizons. All right. Who are they? Who are they? Who aren't they? <laughs> these are some. <laughs> these are some great folks, and um, these are the other two new advisors who joined us last month. Well, almost two months ago now. Wow. So we have Alan Gamble, who is in Tacoma, Washington, and we have Patricia Hathaway in Eugene, Oregon. So they are representing the Pacific Northwest. Okay. And that's who we have, yeah. Kim, so, you didn't tell me that. What do you mean? It, Alan, are you there? I'm still here. How's my mountain? Which is your mountain? It is out today. Is it out today? Oh. Yeah, believe it or not. It's been very um, cloudy the last couple of weeks, but it's out today. She's out today. Well, I grew up in Puyallup, Alan, so in, oh, since I did. said it correctly, what? you know that's right. Yeah, I know you must be from around here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Tish, not to leave you out of the conversation. Thanks you. Thank you for being here as well. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. We don't we don't really call her um, Patricia. We call her Tish. That is true. Yeah. I think I said Tish, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Oh, good. I told All you right. that beforehand. Right. Uh, yeah, it's Patricia Hathaway, but we call her Tish. See, we I've got things in common with both people. My sister's name is Patricia. Oh wow! What does she go by? Patricia. She goes by Tricia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's some really great mountains in Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in Oregon. That's right. Yeah. We are all Pacific Northwest folks. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, love, I love my Oregon home. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Yeah. I have so mad love for Oregon. Yeah, I know. I miss it. I love the fall in Oregon. Because of yeah. the colors. I mean, Washington's going to be the same way, but the colors of the changing trees are so amazing. It's not that the, the colors aren't amazing here in New Mexico, but we mostly have aspens and it's yellow. Mm. It's amazing yellow, but in Oregon you have everything. Orange, red, all the variations mm-hmm. of that, and yellow. And I just love that. Yeah. So I bet it's beautiful right now. It is. It's We're peaking it is. right now. Up here too. All right. So the purpose of this today is to compete with Brianna and Paul. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we just want to get to know you. I want my listening audience to know about our firm and about the folks here and who they are and how they got to be advisors in the social impact investing world 
and that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to ask you some of the same questions and some different questions that Johan and I both shared when we first started the podcast and that Brianna and Paul shared. And you can just tell us, tell the listening audience all about yourself. But I get to pick the questions, not you. Okay. So <laughs> when we did it, Eric got to pick the questions, but now I'm in charge. So You're I get the to boss. pick the questions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Eric can jump in if he has interesting things to share or oh, ask I gotta, you. So now I got to figure out some really tough ones. Okay. Let me, yeah, I'll start writing can, them down. Yeah. You can start writing them down. So <laughs> let's start with, let's start with the businessy things and then we'll delve into your uh, personal life. Not too personal, but we'll delve into the personal life later. So, um, Alan, let's start with you. I want to know why you decided to get into financial services and social impact investing in particular. What drew you to it? Well, uh, how did I get into financial services? Really, it was um, kind of kind of a mistake. When I moved to Seattle, I applied for a lot of jobs through a, an agency. And uh, one of the first jobs I applied for was Acme Financial in downtown Seattle. Really? Acme? And Acme, that was, was the name. Was Wiley Coyote was, there? Yes, oh, that, it's amazing. It really is a company <laughs> called Acme Financial. And I took their little uh, aptitude test. And they called me back a couple of days later and said, that we suggest you find some other uh, career. No, um, no. It indicates that you would not be very good at this. And so about a week later, they sent me to another uh, small loan company called Credit Thrift. And I, uh, I, I apparently passed their test because they hired me. Uh, the postscript to that is that when I left Credit Thrift a few years later, uh, my boss told me that I was the only, they almost didn't hire me. Because on the aptitude test, I matched every single point. And they had never had anybody match every single point. And they thought maybe I was faking it. Wow. Which I'd have to be pretty good since I really don't study aptitude tests very much. So I ended up in financial services and doing small loans. And then I got into banking. And I... Um, while I was at Credit Thrift, though, I discovered that, that I had a talent for securities. Uh, I had to get us, I had to pass the securities test for some bonds that we were selling, uh, Credit Thrift notes. And even though I majored in sociology, um, I loved the course, and I passed it the first time. Oh, so you're whereas the other other guy who was a business major failed the test. <laughs> first time. I love so, it. So well, you need a liberal arts background. That's your problem. Yeah. And uh, so I, I ended up liking the securities part. And even though I went to work in a bank later on, I ended up selling some insurance and mutual funds and uh, getting Series 6 licensed. And to skip way ahead, I got married and my wife needed somebody who had a series seven license uh, because one of her clients, Oh, well, one of her clients, she just did mutual funds. And so we had one client who had some stocks. So I volunteered to go get a series seven. 
so I had a Series 7 for a while. And then uh, when I left there, I, I started to work for uh, an RIA, and I did the Series 66 test. So you got all the so, licenses. So but I've had several licenses. Social investing? To be honest, it, it was probably my sister. <laughs> she said, I want to invest my money socially responsibly. And I looked around and did a little research back in the early 80s, 83, 82. And uh, I said, you know, I think uh, the socially responsible stuff is uh, not not really very meaningful. I said, I think you ought to just uh, invest your money and spend it socially wow. responsibly. Really? Um, you were one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I said, there, I said, the definition of social responsible is big enough to drive a tank through. You can have a social responsible fund that invests in defense and you can have social responsible that invests in nuclear energy. And I said, I don't, I don't, I don't see the socially responsible part very much. Uh, but by 1992, I ran into First Affirmative, mm -hmm. and I was very impressed with that. And uh, eventually, uh, about 10 years after that, I uh, talked my RIA into getting a selling agreement with First Affirmative so that I could do social responsible investing with my clients that's when it was really and that was in the 2000 that was 2004 yeah. 2005 something like that so i love this um, story because you were one of those skeptics just invest in the ugly things and donate the difference and now you're a true believer and now i yeah. i just work with people who are interested in i, I guess i always say they're aligning their investments with their values. That's great. And um, so let's let's ask the same question of of Tish. How did you get into financial services, and why sustainable impact investing? Well, uh, so I come from um, a science background. I got my degree for, in chemistry at the University of California. And why am I not surprised that you are a chemist? <laughs> why? Because you are so um, scientific and detail-oriented. Oh, well, <laughs> in some things, not all, but anyway. Um, and then I, I got married. My husband was um, starting medical school and becoming a doctor. And we ended up having three children. And I was a stay-at-home mom for many years. And then I, as they started moving back into school, I wanted to go back and do something satisfying. So I was here in Eugene then, and I went back to the university and thought of getting a master's in chemistry, and so much had changed in the theories and stuff in that time, I quickly realized that that probably wasn't the direction I was going in. So I, and this was about 2000, you know, 1999, the, right before the big bubble burst, mm -hmm. and I started trying out different things. I kind of played around with architecture. I just kind of decided to do a whole bunch of different stuff, and kind of um, came to my two loves, which were being a travel agent, because I love to travel, or mm. working in finance. And I had a friend who was a financial planner, and he said to me, don't go into travel because you won't make any money. <laughs> and so <laughs> I ended up going in the financial services was um, what just stuck. It was like I threw a bunch of stuff at the wall, and 
that was the one I never, I never turned around. I just kept going forward. And before I ever started working, I got my CFP designation. So I, mm-hmm. I studied that and did that on my own. And then I enrolled myself in the local chapter of the Financial Planning Association. And in a very short time, everybody who was looking for a job knew about me. And so I went around and talked to different people. And then I ended up in Lori McLean's office, who was the mm-hmm. SRI lady in Eugene, Oregon. And I didn't even really know what SRI was, but I ended up working with her for a number of years and realized that this was my peeps. And it mm-hmm. just aligned with who I had been my whole life and the value-oriented um, aspect of it. And I just, I've been doing it ever since. And that's my that's, story. That's great. And Lori, we always called in the first affirmative circles, the the queen. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lori she demanded it. Yes, she yes. probably did demand it. Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about your community work and how that fits into your practice. Because I think for a lot of us, what we do in our communities supports our social beliefs. And Tish, why don't you tell us a little bit about the things that you do in and around your community? Well, the major thing I do is that um, I love the Pacific Northwest and I love our forests. And so I call myself the forest girl. And so I've been working with local um, nonprofits to try to preserve our forest. I don't know um, for listeners who have been to Oregon, you've probably noticed there's a lot of clear cutting and that goes on on our mountains and our land. And I think it's, and science supports that this is not the best way to be managing our forests. So I work with nonprofits. I do field checks where we go up into forests and I go with a whole bunch of young people who inspire me and give me hope for our future. And we um, take an area that's out for clear cut either by BLM or the Forest Service, and we go and try to find reasons why it shouldn't be cut. And um, so that's what I've been doing for probably the last, I don't know, four or five years. It's a lot of fun. It's grueling at times, and sometimes it's frustrating, but that's been my really my main thing um, before that. And I, I worked with City Club and, you know, um, for civic dialogue in the community and education on issues that are important here. Um, so I would say those are my main things this point. Yeah, that's really important work. I I know when I was growing up in Oregon, and you I would drive from the Willamette Valley over the mountains to the coast, the clear cutting was shocking. Yes, to see. Yeah. So that's really important work. And thank you for doing it was very bad then. And then it got better. And now it's getting very bad again. So you'd still be shocked. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Alan, tell us what kind of things you do in and around your community? I guess mine has focused mostly on, on church and another group right. that I've been a, a member of for a long time called the Institute of Cultural Affairs. And it has more to do with social justice. Another Wonderful. part of my career is, is facilitation. And I've helped a couple of churches I belong to to do long range planning and strategic planning. And I, I, I've always enjoyed, you know, helping people figure out what they want to do and how they can kind of take responsibility for their own future. I've been affiliated with the Institute of Cultural Affairs since about 1975. And 
Uh, I served on the board for six years up until about 2015. And currently they, they have a, um, an archives project that they've actually renamed to be the Social Research Center. And what we're doing is trying to make the work of the Institute of Cultural Affairs more available to people who are involved in social justice work. And uh, so that's that's what I've been working on. I think, to be honest, the last well, five years, I, I really didn't do that much in church and stuff uh, because I was taking care of my wife. Um, she she was fairly ill, and uh, I pulled back from uh, quite a few things uh, for the last four or well, five years. Is the most important. Yeah, and I don't I don't regret that. And uh, she actually passed away back in last December, and so I'm kind of getting reinvolved with uh, with the church and with uh, some other things with ICA. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that in this in the next year or two. Well, I have yeah I've been a member of Rotary. I've been now. a member of Rotary before, and um, the Association for Quality and Participation. I've been involved in a lot of different yeah. things, but uh, yeah, well, I, community involvement is probably very helpful. I think in terms of the grief process. So yeah, that will probably be helpful. Great. So Alan, I'm going to continue with you just a little bit. And one more um, sort of businessy type question. And then we'll talk more about personal fun things. Let's if you could tell us just one thing in terms of client education, what what is one client educational thing that you like to do with your clients? Because I personally think client education is really important, but what do you like to do for or with your clients? Well, you know, I think one thing is just everybody seems to need me to explain to them uh, diversification and why that is important. And uh, so I like to talk to people about, you know, why we have invested their portfolio the way we have and how we manage risk through diversification. Oh, this may not sound like client, like uh, financial education, but the other thing I think I, I try to teach people is patience. My mm-hmm. clients are generally in this for the long term, but this last couple of years has really tested some people's willing willingness to put up with all the volatility so uh, I, I found myself my I've been, I've been, I found myself talking a lot about being patient and uh, it works yeah. most of the time because they are in it for the long term I don't I don't have a lot of clients who right. are needing to withdraw money right now so yeah so I, I think the biggest question people have for me anyway is you know why did why are we investing this way and what are the uh, what's what's SRI about this and and yeah so that's great maybe you could write a little white paper for us to put on our blog <laughs> for Horizons about patience we'll work on yeah. it yeah that'd be great just yeah, be patient that'd be great. let's do that yeah so um, Tish I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the same question of you because I know both you and Alan do a lot of financial planning which is educational in nature. So what do you like to do or share 
with your clients in terms of educational work? I work mostly with women and um, a lot of women who um, might be feeling vulnerable and need someone to take them through processes. So I'd say probably a lot of what I do is helping people through tasks that are long and involved and that require lots of steps. So I think one of the things that I get most satisfaction is breaking these tasks down and getting people to not be so worried about the outcome or the end product, but getting through it piece by piece without anxiety. Because so many of my clients come in anxious about the things that they have to deal with money-wise. So I'd say probably the thing that I enjoy most is helping people get to a place of peace on something and being able to break it down into pieces that are manageable and that they can now accomplish and do. And um, I think that's always a really satisfying thing. Um, Alan, who is your <laughs> hero? Yeah, I mean, besides, besides it's, me, it's a tough, who's your hero? You know, I, I, I've uh, thought of this questionably. And I, I would have to say my mother, the more I learn, or the older I get, the more I admire my mother. <laughs> um, my father died when I was seven, so she had three kids under the age of seven. Uh, she didn't drive uh, when my father died. She had been a teacher, but she was now a, a housewife. And he died in 1959. She ended up going back to school. Uh, getting a degree in library master's in librarianship, and she was a librarian in uh, an alternative school for many years, and actually retired as a teacher. Um, she was involved in getting her church to be a uh, the Presbyterians called it, I believe, a more light church, where they accepted gays and lesbians into the congregation. It was a two-year process of holding meetings and studies, and uh, when they finally voted, uh, they voted uh, to do it. And I was always very proud of her for that. What Pardon? year was that? What year was that? Uh, oh, gosh, that would have been, gosh, when did she retire? 65, somewhere in the 90s. You know, she was always involved in uh, after I left home anyway, she was she was involved with, uh, I'm not sure what they called it exactly, but it was, it was kind of an underground railroad thing for people from Central America. Remember Nicaragua and all those wow. people trying to flee? And uh, she, she would tell me about it and she said, I, I know it's not legal, but I looked at it and I said, in the long course of history, who's been right more often, the church or the government? And I decided the church would have been right more often. So I didn't worry about mm -hmm. breaking the law. So for those reasons and uh, and, and many more, uh, I really have admired her. And uh, so she's my hero. Alan, that is beautiful. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Your mother is my hero, too. Tish, I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. Who is your favorite person oh. in history? Well, I wouldn't say I have a favorite person, 
but I have read in the biography of Marie Curie, and I do have a degree in chemistry. So she is a person that I found to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. She lived her passion, and she was actually recognized for it in her lifetime. And her husband worked with her, so I find that very unusual that he didn't get all the credit. She even got a Nobel Prize, I think, too. So I, it's um, kind of lived on her own terms, was able to get recognition uh, for it. But I guess the bummer is she died from all the radiation that she re absorbed in her lifetime. Mm -hmm. But shes I find her to be a pretty compelling personality. Tell us one thing that most people don't I was hoping you would not you. ask me that. We always ask that question. Well, is it, if <laughs> they don't know, doesn't that mean that we don't want to tell? Yep, answer the question. <laughs> it's, it, that's right, Eric. Yeah, no. Answer the question. You will comply. That's right. I can okay, answer Alan, it. I, Alan, you go first. I think most most people good. don't know yeah. that I lived in Germany for two years after I got out of college. And uh, I learned to speak oh. German very fluently. Where in Germany? Well, I, I, I lived for, well, most of the year and a half of that, I lived in West Berlin. And uh, back when it was West Berlin, I would take yeah. the S-Bahn, which is underground, uh, subway, and it would run, part of it ran through East Germany, and the the stops in East Germany were all closed and blocked off, but they had armed guards mm -hmm. at every one. So as you were going, as you were going from one place to another, if you went through East Berlin, uh, you would see these armed guards at all the closed stops. Yeah. Okay. I really Tish. don't have. That was the one I really didn't have an Give answer to. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, well, some, you got something. Okay, something, something boring. People, it's boring. I'm not going to tell you either. the stuff that you want to hear. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, so there is something. There's some rebellion. Hey, I grew up in the 70s in California. I got lots to tell. But <laughs> okay, oh, we'll schedule a new okay, podcast. Okay, give us something good. <laughs> can I answer yes, who my yeah, hero yeah. is? <laughs> Why not? I, okay, I'll Come tell on. you. It's it's really really boring. Um, when I when I get uh, really frustrated and bored, or I just feel like I can't go on, I do a, a thousand piece puzzle. I told you, it's boring. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is boring. okay. Who's your hero? My hero, actually, I I don't have a hero. I have three heroes. So, but they're they they go together. My hero, like Alan, used to be my mom because she was amazing okay. and she died really young or when I was really young. And so um, I don't really have that relationship with her as an adult. But recently, my, ch my children are my heroes. And the youth of right now going on, I, they're all my heroes, really. But my children came up in the recession and now they're going through this. And I'm inspired every day by them. They're amazing. They're passionate. They're involved. They're activists. And I just, I cannot even believe that they're my children and that I have such, I've brought into the world such amazing people. I'm so proud of them. So that's my, those are my heroes. And what was the most fun thing you I'll did in the you 70s? When I get down to Santa Fe and we have that drink, Kim, <laughs> which apparently I owe you now too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for being on here and sharing a bit of your life. But I'm, I'm sure Eric has a question. 
right? So Tish, tell us about the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> right. we'll, we'll let you off the hook, I, I suppose. But um, one question I'd like to ask both of you. Okay, I'll tell you something. All right. I'll t- if you really want to know something, okay. most people don't know See. about me. When my husband and I go down to the Caribbean and yes. St. Martin, we always spend a day at the nude beach. How's that? There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> See? We didn't know there was a nude beach down there. Excellent. Now we know. It's one of the biggest in the whole world. I didn't either. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. It's okay. quite the uh, community. I like it. Trust me. I've seen things on that beach I wish I never saw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for those that are listening, you got a chance to get to know uh, both Alan and Tish a little bit on this podcast. If they have questions, if the listening audience has questions for them, um, besides you know what happened back in the 70s, other questions, maybe on investing and, and just to get them to know them more, how do they get a hold of Alan or Tish, Kim? Well, my phone number is 253-376-3983. And email is alan at horizonssfs.com. And Correct. Tish, how do they get a hold of you? My phone number is 541-345-4400. And my email is patricia at hathawayfinancialservices.com. Great. All right. Kim, thank you so much for bringing them on. They were fantastic guests, and I appreciate the time again, as usual. Yeah, and it's always so good to be with you. And I am very proud of the team that we've built. And as I said before, it's really a family, and we're, we're very happy to, to have this great family. Absolutely. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Greg O'Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only. You and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of New Mexico and other jurisdictions were registered or exempted. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of
of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.